Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel. We're so glad that you could join us this morning. We have a couple of announcements we'd like to share as we begin the service this morning. First of all, today is the last day to sign up for the Christmas gathering next Saturday. Today is the last day. If you haven't signed up yet, this is your final warning, right? The final countdown, right? After the service today, please make sure to sign up. That way they know exactly how much food to have. That way we are completely prepared for that. Today is also the deadline to for the white church to receive donations for the Samaritan's Purse Hurricane Recovery. Um, please make checks out to Word of Life Chapel or give cash, and that will be handled to get to the appropriate location. There is no prayer meeting or youth group tonight, and the adult choir will meet following the service and next week at 8.30 a.m. Would you pray with me as we begin our service this morning? Lord, we are so thankful that we can gather together. We're thankful for your love. Father, we're thankful for salvation, and we're thankful that we're a family. Lord, we ask that you would bless this service this morning. Father, may it be your words that are spoken. Father, may it be your truth that is sung. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Leonard's going to come lead us in hymn number two, Almighty Father, Strong to Save. Almighty Father, strong to save where advantage of it and turn around and greet someone and make them well.
You can pull your prayer sheet out with me. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. It's such a powerful thing to be able to gather together as a body and pray together. When you think about it, we, we're, we're praying together as, let's say there's 160 of us in here, 160 believers praying together at the same time in the same place. What a, what a powerful thing, a special thing, something that we can do together as a family, a privilege that we have as children of God. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're so thankful that we are here today. Lord, there's so many different things on this sheet. Father, things that, that are uh, just weigh the hearts down of so many. But Lord, before we, we, we come to you with requests, Lord, we come with thanksgiving. We're thankful that we're here. We're thankful that we're living in a country, Lord, where we have the freedom to meet. 
Lord, we're thankful for America. We're thankful for those who have laid their lives down for this freedom. Lord, we're thankful for salvation, first and foremost. Lord, we have done nothing to deserve it. Yet, Lord, you sent Jesus to die just for us. Lord, there are so many different things mentioned on this sheet. Father, from, from people that are sick with cancer to different bodily injuries. And Lord, you know every one of them. Lord, we pray for healing where healing is needed and peace where peace is needed. Father, we pray for wisdom where wisdom is needed, as, as I'm sure there are many in this room today who are making decisions, Father, that, that are very important. And Lord, we pray that you would, Father, just surround them and help them to make the right decisions. Father, there are those who are going to the doctor and are concerned about their doctor visits. And Lord, we pray that you would provide peace in that. Lord, we are thankful that we serve a God who is always on the throne. That it doesn't matter what we see on the news, on TV. You are still on the throne. It doesn't matter what the doctor says, Lord, you are still on the throne. And Father, we ask that you would help us to remember that through every situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we continue to worship the Lord this morning? Your love 
Savior and the glorious Lord. He's Emmanuel, God with us, our blessed Redeemer and the living Word. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord. Wonderful counselor, 
outcome was and we are so thankful for salvation lord we ask that you give pastor bob strength as he brings your word this morning in jesus name we pray amen i come to you this morning with a scratchy throat a head that's pounding and a couple other things <laughs> i dare not mention I came with throat lozenges. I came with a bottle of water. And so we'll see how this goes. But it's good to be here this morning. And I apologize for scratchy throats and frogs and those things that kind of creak and do make different sounds than what I would like. Uh, if you did hear Pastor Tony, there is no prayer meeting tonight. Um, I'm going to leave here, I'm not going to shake anyone's hand, and I'm just going home. Um, anyway, it is good to be here with you today. It is good to see each of you, and it's good to see John Good. Uh, he plays hooky a lot, <laughs> but he's back. He's back, and that's, that's a good thing. So, um, you know, we live in... Uncertain times. Uh, do you ever worry about your future? A lot of people do. A lot of people are afraid of what might happen in the world or in their country or in their community. They're afraid of what might happen to their fortunes or to their families. 
When you feel that sense of unsettledness and insecurity, a good place to turn in the Bible is to Psalm 125. This morning we're going to end a short three-part series on the Songs of Ascent. We only looked at three, there are others. But we started with 124. And in Psalm 124, we learned that God was Israel's deliverer. And he's ours as well. That God is omnipotent, which means that he's all-powerful. He's able to do all things. Nothing is impossible with God. In Psalm 121, we saw that God was omniscient, which means he knows all and he sees all. He does know when that sparrow falls to the ground and he knows the number of hairs on your head. This morning we're in 125. The theme of this song is safety and security. Safety and security. And if we're looking at one of the attributes of God as we looked at omnipotence and omniscience, in this psalm we see God's omnipresence, which means that God is everywhere. And we're going to see clearly in this psalm that God surrounds his people. So as we have done in the past, I've asked you to stand because we're marching on to Zion, the beautiful city of Zion. Why don't you stand with me and remember the pilgrims, the Jewish pilgrims. They were marching on to Jerusalem. You always go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem surrounded by hills and surrounded by mountains. And as they would go, it would be a very dangerous journey. Thieves and robbers, mountains and hills, sunburn, wild animals, all those kinds of things. But they knew their help was in the Lord. So let's read these words. You read with me. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, and then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart, but those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. Thanks, you may be seated. So let's take a look at this psalm in a little bit of detail and see how we are safe, how we are secure. Point number one, those who trust in the Lord are safe and secure. These verses tell us what we are like when we trust in the Lord. And they also tell us what the Lord is like to us when we trust in him. 
What does the word trust mean? What does it mean to trust in the Lord? In the Old Testament, trust was necessary for the Israelites to enter into a personal relationship with God. We read in verse 2 that Israel, they were his people. They trusted in God and they are his people. When we come to the New Testament, we have words like faith, words like believe. We are to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Belief in Jesus brings us into a personal relationship with God. There are many verses that speak of those things. In the book of John, for example, John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, but as many as receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God's. So we receive, we believe, we put faith in, we trust in Jesus' name, and we become children of God's. And then, of course, in John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. And those who believe in him, they will not perish but be given eternal life. So we have words like trust. We have words like believe, words like faith. That brings us into that personal relationship with God. And Jesus himself said, I am the way. There is no other way for us to have a relationship with God except through Christ. But once you trust Christ, once you put your faith in him, once you believe in him, faith doesn't end. Belief doesn't end. Trust doesn't end. Oh, you become a child of God's, but we're still to live by faith. We're not just saved by faith, but we are to live by faith. We don't just trust God, but we are to live a life of trust in God. Trust is believing in the promises of God in every circumstance. Trust is a deep conviction that God is sovereign, that he is over all, he rules all. Trust is knowing that God is powerful, that God is providential, that nothing happens apart from the will of God. Trust believes that all things work together for good to those who love God. Trust knows that God does see the sparrow fall, that he does know the number of hairs on our heads, that he does know our every step, our every move. It's that kind of trust. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in every way acknowledge him, and he then will guide you. He will make your path straight. Trusting is committing every aspect of our lives to God in complete confidence that he is a sovereign Lord. 
Now, when you trust like that, when you trust like that, when you trust in God fully, we read here that you are like Mount Zion and you cannot be shaken. You are like Mount Zion and you cannot be shaken. When the earth is quaking under everyone else's feet, the one trusting God is unmoved. He is unmoved. He is unsettled. Some people are like the sand, always sinking, always shifting. Some people are like the sea, restless and unsettled. Some people are like the wind, uncertain and inconstant. But believers, those who trust in God are said in this passage, we're like mountains. We're strong. We're stable. We're secure. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Someone has said, well, actually in the Bible it says that faith can move mountains. But someone said this of Psalm 125, that faith or trust makes you an unmovable mountain. Trust in God makes you an unmovable mountain. So that's what you're like when you trust God. When you trust God with your heart and your soul and your mind and you are fully committed, you are like a rock. You're like a mountain. But what is the Lord like to you when you trust him? That's what you're like when you trust God. But what is God like to you when you trust him? Well, in verse 2, it says, The Lord, he surrounds us on every side. When we trust God fully, he surrounds us. He puts a hedge of protection around us. Jerusalem was built on one of seven mountain peaks in that region. And the mountains, they would provide Israel with protection. For the enemy to get to Jerusalem, to get to the city... On Mount Zion, the enemy would have to go down valleys and up mountains. And so the mountains that surrounded Jerusalem were somewhat of a protection from the enemy. But of course, the ultimate protection of Jerusalem was God himself. It was John Stott who made this quote. He said, God's people are like a mountain surrounded by mountains, both immovable and impregnable. You're like a mountain, surrounded by mountains, unmovable. God says he surrounds his people with a hedge of protection. I think we all enjoy the story back in 2 Kings chapter 6 where um, Elisha, the great prophet of God in the Old Testament was running from the enemy at one point in his life and he went with his servant. He and his servant, they went to a city called Dothan. And there in that city, they were in this house and they uh, got up the next morning and the servant looks out the window and he sees 
the enemy that has completely, with horses and chariots and so, completely surrounded the city. And the servant says to Elisha, look, (laughs) he's scared to death. He says to Elisha, look, look at the enemy. And Elisha looks at the servant and says to him, don't be afraid because there are more of us than there are of them. Now the servant's a little bit confused. He might not be a mathematician, but he says, one, two. And he looks out and sees this great host of the enemy. Oh, Elisha, wait, wait. Says, um, God's needs, God needs to open your eyes. What you see is something physical. You see something out there that uh, these eyes can see. But I'm going to ask God to open your spiritual eyes. To open the eyes of, of, of your eyes so that you can look out into the realm of of the spiritual, and when the servant's eyes are open, and he sees out into the realm of the spiritual, now he begins to see God's armies. And he looks and he sees the host of horses and chariots that are on his side. You see, the Bible says that we are surrounded by God. That the Lord is round his people on every side. And there are no gaps in that hedge of protection. You know, real challenges face us in increasingly insecure, this insecure world. We look around us and we see the disasters, the terrorism. Uh, We see the economic struggles and broken families and political division. Our world is an insecure world. But in the midst of all of these tensions, with an increase, I suppose, in anxiety levels, what a comfort it is to know that God surrounds us at all times. I can only imagine if God were to, just for a couple of seconds, open our eyes that we as the servant might see the spiritual realm, that that would cause us a lot less worry and we would diminish our anxiety levels. The second thing I see in these verses is this. (coughs) Those who trust in the Lord have a safe inheritance. In verse 3, I see that those who trust in the Lord have a safe inheritance. You ever worry about your retirement? You ever worry that something might happen to it? I think people worry all the time about their earthly inheritances. But one thing you don't have to worry about, and that's your heavenly inheritance. The word in verse 3, the word allotted, that's inheritance language. 
when it speaks of land that has been allotted to Israel. That's the land of Canaan. God promised Israel land. And that land is their inheritance. It, it cannot be taken away. God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that this is your land. And it will never be taken. It is your inheritance. And you can rest assured that even though the enemy sometimes will attack, and yes, it's true, in Israel's history, at times they would occupy it, but it always belonged to Israel. Always. That's why it's called the promised land. The promised land. It's land that God gave to them. And God would never permit Jerusalem to be trodden down under the Gentiles forever. Certain periods, yes. For years and at certain times in Israel's history. But it always belongs to Israel. The Bible says that we have our own inheritance. Awaiting for us in heaven. It's a promised land that cannot be taken from us. It's safe. It's secure. Jesus said in John chapter 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God or trust in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, you have to read this from the King James, right? <laughs> this is how I memorized it. In my Father's house are many mansions. I know, I think other translations say rooms. I, I, it's probably rooms, but I, I still kind of like the, the many mansions thing. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you might be also. What is Jesus telling his disciples? What is he telling you? What is he, what is he telling me this morning? Jesus said, someday I must leave this earth, and when I do, I'm going to follow in my father's footsteps. Joseph was a carpenter, and Jesus said, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to start preparing a place for you, and I will come back, and I will take you to be with myself someday. That's a promise. That's your inheritance. That's safe. That's secure. That can't be taken from those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. In Peter, verse 1, Peter says this. He says, we have an inheritance, and it can never perish, never spoil or fade, and this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. For you. It's kept there for you. This place that Jesus is preparing, it's kept for us. It's a safe inheritance. It's a place like the place that was allotted to Israel. A promised land. A safe inheritance. But then we close these verses and we also see that those who trust in the Lord have a secure future. 
These last two verses, verses 4 and 5, speak of the future of the people of God. The Bible says that there's only two destinies of mankind. That's right, I said just two. There's nothing in between. The Bible speaks of hell, and the Bible speaks of heaven. Two eternal destinies of man. Nothing in between. It's either heaven or it's hell. And in this context, the psalmist speaks in verse 4 of those who are good. These are the ones who, it says in verse 1, have trusted in the Lord. These are the same ones at the end of verse 4, it says they are upright in heart. These are not the perfect No one's perfect. And we're not suggesting in these verses that somehow we can get to heaven by works or by doing good. But what these verses are speaking of are those who have trusted in God and those who have not, in verse 5. Those who have trusted in God have been given a new heart, an upright heart. These are said to be God's people. They have a straight heart. That's what upright means, straight. They have a right heart. They have a changed heart. They have a a new heart. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Not everyone has a new heart. Not everyone has a clean heart. Jeremiah tells us the heart is deceitful above all things, and it's desperately, desperately wicked. The heart of mankind is a wicked heart. It's a heart that is at enmity with God. It is not a straight heart. But as we're going to see in just a moment, it's a crooked heart. It's a deceitful heart. But God can change the heart of man. And he changes the heart of man as we trust in Jesus. As we put our faith in Christ and we believe in the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, we then are given that clean heart, that new heart, the upright and straight heart. Jeremiah 24 says, I I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God. Now, to those who have that new heart, to those who have trusted Christ, the Bible says that heaven is their lot. Heaven is their place. You know, I think some Christians today um, have a case of eternal insecurity, a case of eternal insecurity. Oftentimes, Christians will say, well, I hope so. I hope someday I'll get to heaven. I hope that if I'm just good enough or Jesus comes back when I'm doing something right. But you know, our assurance is not a feeling. It's not a hope so. Our assurance of salvation 
is based on the clear facts and the promises of God. Sometimes we don't feel like we deserve heaven. Sometimes we don't feel like we ought to be taken where Jesus is going to be taking us. We don't feel like we deserve heaven. And we don't. No one does. But based on the clear facts of the scriptures that say believe in Jesus and be saved. Or the verse I read earlier. God, he so loves the world. He loves you. He loves me. And he gave his one and only begotten son. And those who believe in him will not perish, but they will be given eternal life. That's not a life that starts sometime in the future. When you trust and believe in Jesus, that life begins at that moment. And that's a life that cannot be taken from you. When you come into God's family, you're always in God's family. When you are his people, you are always his people. You see, God saves and God keeps. There's a verse in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, and it says this. It says, being confident. And Paul, he, he loves that word confident. He says, being confident. Because Paul, he knows some things. And he's not speaking here of, of feelings. He's stating these facts. I'm confident of this. What is that, Paul? That he, God, who began this good work in you, God initiated salvation. God saved you by his grace. That God who began that work, listen, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You don't hold on to salvation. God holds on to you. See, Jesus said, no man can pluck you from my Father's hand. You're safe, you're secure. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You may not feel saved. The Bible says, based on the clear facts of Scripture, when you trust Christ, you're in God's family forever. I always like the story of the little boy. I think I, I've told it before, but that was out in a little small 12-foot John boat, and uh, this boat had oars, and he's out fishing in the lake with his dad. And um, they're catching a few fish. Uh, the sun was shining. Water was like glass, just as smooth as crystal. But then the clouds began to roll in. And the wind started to kick up. And all of a sudden, this boat that was nice and flat and stable was starting to move and rock. And the waves were coming up off the, up into the boat on the side of, from the side of the boat. And the little boy's getting afraid now. He doesn't like those big black clouds overhead. So he grabs a hold of his dad's hand. And dad holds on to his hand. He says, but dad, I, I, I don't want to fall out of the boat, but I, I still, I'm still afraid. I'm afraid, dad, I, I'm going to let go of you. Dad says, son, I'm holding you, and I'm not letting go of you. 
You see, no one can pluck us from our Father's hand. You don't keep yourself saved. You're saved by grace, and God keeps you by his grace. It doesn't give you a license to sin. That doesn't mean you can go out and live any way you want to. But we believe in this church in the doctrine of eternal security. That once you're in the family of God, once you've fallen on your knees humbly before God Almighty, and you have trusted in the blood of Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, and you are ushered into God's family, you are his child, that relationship can never be changed. Eternally secure. But there's another group of people that the Bible says are not headed for heaven. That they don't have that blessed assurance. And they're called in verse 5, crooked. In contrast to the upright heart. Upright, remember I said it means straight. This one group has a straight heart. Here is a group that has a crooked heart. And these, the Bible says, God someday will banish from his presence. Depart from me. I never knew you. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 27 It says that nothing impure will ever enter into it, referring to heaven. Nothing impure will ever enter into God's heaven. That doesn't mean you're perfect. (laughs) You and I, we're far from perfect. But we have been given the righteousness of Christ. And in him, we are holy. Two destinies. One with God, one without. One place called heaven, one place called hell. Now, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you know in your heart of hearts that you bowed your knee before the almighty and holy God, and you confessed your sins, And you ask Jesus to come into your life and save you from those sins because of his finished work on the cross. The Bible says you are safe and you are secure. And God wants you to have that assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine and we are his. When you trust in him, And live by faith. The Bible says you're like Mount Zion. You can't be shaken. You're an immovable mountain. You're safe. You're secure in Christ. And as mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord, he surrounds you on every side. In Psalm 34 and verse 7 It says, the angel of the Lord encircles those who fear him. Can you imagine? Well, don't imagine. (laughs) Understand what is being said here. That you are surrounded. As the mountains surround the city of Jerusalem, 
God, he always has you in his arms. You're always surrounded by God. And you have a safe inheritance. You have a place that Jesus now is preparing for you. And someday the Bible says Jesus will come back and he will take us to be with himself. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be afraid. Because according to this verse, those who are his people, we are safe and we are as secure as anyone can be. Father, I thank you, Father, for these Old Testament psalms that teach us so much. Not just about the nation of Israel so long ago, but, by, Father, they teach us about ourselves. Father, for that person this morning who doesn't quite feel, doesn't quite feel saved, but yet they know that they've trusted you, grant them that assurance that they are yours. No one can keep them from falling. Father, from someone for someone who might be struggling with some circumstance or an issue, help them to be strong like a mountain, not shifting like sand, but firm, because we do stand on Christ, who is that solid rock. Again, Father, we thank you for your good word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in our closing hymn. Thank you, Pastor. I'll ask you to stand with me as we sing hymn number 417. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. 417.
once again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity you have of gathering here to worship you and to learn of your word. Father, now as we scatter as a church, <clears throat> we pray that each one of us might be a testimony, a witness, even if the words we speak or the lives we live, that might be a shining light in the dark world. Again, we thank you for all you've done for us, what you will do, and we be careful to give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.